picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm backing up good vibrations. She's giving me Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Living Vibrations with myself, Sarah Troy, and my guest today, Rene Moulin Masters. Now, we're going to be talking about the educational system today, a hot topic. You know, when people say, you know, talking about sex and religion and money, well, I think education is getting up there as well. It's a soft spot. And really, are you smarter than you think? And yes, we are. The educational system, though, does not embrace the ability for us to learn outside of their own box. And we're going to dismantle that box today. And uh, my guest, Rene, is going to show you how you can actually use different parts of your brain and learn in different ways. And this is the way we're going, folks. The linear, in-the-box, regimented education that has been there for so long is not working. It cannot even keep up with the youth today because in a lot of ways they're a lot smarter than we are. So we need to catch up, we need to reevaluate, and we need to re-understand how we learn. And for us folks that are above the 50 mark, it ain't too late that we can still activate those differences of the brain and still keep on learning because that's what life is about. So we're going to be talking about the educational system and we're going to be understanding it from a different perspective. Now, Renee is an undergraduate. Uh, she has an undergraduate degree in speech pathology from California. Uh, she worked as a pathologist. Uh, she's worked in the school districts for over 10 years. And this kind of gave her a better understanding of really what was needed statewide. But she came across a program and it was a program that changed her life and changed her world and gave her an understanding of really what was needed right now. And instead of me telling you order, let's hear it straight from her. We're going to take the Renee journey today and discover her point of view of education and what is needed today. Thank you Welcome so to the much show, for Renee. Having me. I'm so happy to be here. Excited. <laughs> Well, it is a touchy subject, isn't it? You know, you, you talk to academics and they think they know it all. Um, but when you talk to students, they don't feel they're being taught anything. And the school system or any of the systems today are so stuck in the past that they're really not paying attention to the way people need to learn today, you know, are I, they? I have a story this weekend that blew my brain. Um <clears throat> Apparently, this young girl graduated from college and told her grandmother, I didn't learn one thing. And she's a very bright young woman, and now what she's doing is she's a waitress. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a waitress, uh-huh. no. but she's, she's functioning way below her potential. And I would bet money if we interviewed all of the graduates from universities and college all over the world, that's the story they would tell us, that they have learned nothing. And and what they do learn is so outdated that it doesn't apply to today or to the job environment of today. Well, it's crazy because, you know, I don't know what caused this. I truly don't. I do not know what caused it, but it's like a, a, a virus that has come upon the school system internationally. 
And it's what it is, is that we've lost our respect for learning, number one, and we have totally turned our back on the idea that we all learn differently. And so what we have is a school system that leaves two-thirds of the population out of the equation and a school system that says it's okay to memorize. And so that's what kids do because they do they give as much as is, as is expected. And, uh, and that's where we are. That's where we sit today. I mean, I have learning disabilities. I'm partly dyslectic. And I just could not learn the way they taught in school. You know, I bring out a manual, now you're turning to this page and that page. And, you know, the writing on there could have been Chinese. Um, it just didn't capture me. But when I had a teacher telling a story or, you know, putting the lesson within a story frame or something that was inspiring that captured me, I remembered every detail of it. And, you know, I was marked as a dumb child and unteachable because they just couldn't seem to get into me. And they couldn't get into me because they were trying to drill this very dry, uninviting information that had no relevance on my existence. I'm going to tell you that what we have found over the last 25 years is that there are people like you who have been labeled um, learning disabled or dyslexic or you know, whatever label they come up with. And when a person begins to learn how their brain works, what their brain talents are, all of a sudden those disabilities kind of disappear. They go into the woodwork. They're not important anymore. Um, we have on top of our head a massive computer. Yes. I mean, it's huge. Um, it, they say that goes beyond the walls of the brain, that it's just, it's massive. And we use, you know, this little teeny tiny piece of it and yeah. say, ooh, I'm yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there's a movie out right now called Lucy, and and it's, they give her some sort of drug which allows her to use 100% of her brain, and she becomes so, you know, incredibly smart. And, you know, um, I'm sure we would all love to have just a slight injection of to be able to use our brain in different ways, um, because we really don't utilize it nearly enough. Even, you know, I mean, take us from, okay, let me back up. Computers? are a gift because they've allowed us to think in a different way and to access part of our brains that we never did before. And I think it's allowing us to actually diverse our thinking and multi-dimensional thinking and be able to think at things all at once, which we were taught such a linear way. And I think computers have given us that ability to do that. But do you think it's actually increased our brain capacity? Well, I think our capacity has always been there. I mean, it's huge. But I think what has happened is uh, because of the way, partly because of the way school is structured, we use a very small portion. Oh, have I lost you? Are you there? Of information and skills that that kid learns in the first five years. You just think about language, for one. Yeah. 
Um, it's amazing what they do. It's just unbelievable. And, and that um, explosion, learning, and um, excitement about learning all comes to a halt <laughs> when they enter school. Absolutely. It's like, woo, put the brakes on. Yeah. Now and, we go back to Jack and Jill that went up the hill. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's crazy. It's like, um, you know, and what happened in the early 1800s, there's a story. Dr. Gardner is the, is the individual that really uh, impacted me, and he discovered learning Styles, which is a garbage term, but it's it's he discovered brain talent back in the 60s, and what he found out is that in the 1800s, um, at least in the United States, and I'm sure it happened in other countries, they were putting together. It was probably the the late 1700s. I'm not sure of the date, but they were putting together the education. Whoops! Um, you will keep dropping you. You hear me again? Yeah. Yeah, no, you just keep being dropped for some reason, I'm not sure. Well, anyway, um, what what happened is that in the United States, educators and psychologists got together and they were going to develop the educational system, the way it was going to look. And the psychologists and the educators looked at it from a different perspective and they had kind of a war. The psychologists said that that intelligence was made up of one's ability to think logically and to use language. And the teacher said, no, it's much bigger than that. Intelligence is a bigger um, equation. And they had some kind of a fight, and the psychologist won out. And that's why in the United States, schools focus on linguistic logical skills. That that's if you're that IQ tests focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's just kind of the way it's it's like a, it's an untruth that is in our educational system. I'm actually dumb in the IQ thing. Uh, whenever I do that, I mean, yeah. you know, they come up certain uh, pictures <laughs> that I just I don't see. You know, I just my brain doesn't work that way, and I come up with you know like 120 or something. So I'm you know I'm meant to be retarded. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, you know uh, I'm not academic, but you know I mean I've come across people that are on books. You know, a, a, they got all the A's in school. You know, they've got 100 percentile and everything that they've ever done. But try having a conversation with them. Yes. You know, they're a walking encyclopedia. But you know, and, and but what it is is they are reiterating everything they've learned. Mm-hmm. But they haven't taken any of that knowledge and made it their own. Exactly. And used it in a way that becomes productive. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing that's that excited me about when I first read Dr. Gardner's work is that first of all I understood because when I was in school it was it was a I was like a it was schizophrenic kind of experience (laughs) one moment I was brilliant and the moment I was stupid and I couldn't figure (laughs) out why but when I read Dr. Gardner's work I went oh man this is it and so when I was working with students developing the program, they were the ones that helped me to see that if you know your brain talent, 
no matter what kind of environment you're in, you can use that talent to receive the information. You're not stuck with how the teacher or the book or whatever is presenting the information to you. Because once you know your brain talents, you can change it, anything, into something that works for you. And that's the piece that I bring to the table that I want to share with the world because it doesn't ask the teacher to do anything differently. It doesn't ask the school to change its uh, curriculum. It, it, it maybe asks them to require the students that they learn, but it empowers the student, and that's what we haven't done. No. And, you know, you use the wonderful word, talent. Everybody's got a talent. You know, we're all designed for something. We've all been given a gift of something. And then once we know what that talent is, that's how we're going to perceive and receive information. And that's how we're going to speak it. And if we can tap into that talent and that learning ability early, and that the teacher can see that, instead of saying, no, no, you can't do that, it's the wrong way, and realize that's the way that child is learning, I'm going to encourage that, you'll see how they broaden out in all aspects. Absolutely. I, I was um, with a, a, a lady uh, yesterday who is spatial like myself, and we were both talking about how um, if I had line paper in front of me, I cannot stay on the line. I do not stay on the line. I hate <laughs> you rebel. staying on the line. And yet, when I was in first grade, I can see that paper, you know, mm-hmm. and you had to stay on the line. And it drove me crazy. It was like I couldn't do it. You don't like bounds? <laughs> no. You <laughs> have to be free with the boundaries. Exactly. You know, I mean, the boundaries in life, we, we do need them in, in aspects. You need to know, you know, uh, you know, not to fall off the cliff. There's a boundary. Recognize the danger. Right. And we need to recognize our own limits. You know, stop trying to be in your sciences when, you know, you're just not wired that way. Um you know, understand our own wiring, right? Understand our, our own brain's talents and yes, nurture yes. that. You said the perfect thing. Everybody is with a gift. Everybody came to this earth, I believe, to do something, to bring something. And because of our educational system, most people don't have a clue about what the, why they're here or what they're supposed to be bringing to the table. And it's tragic. Mm. That's why we're in the mess. Yes. Because they're not in base for individuality, are they? I mean, mm-hmm. quite honestly, um, the school system, the um, government system, the systems that are in place that run the world really far rather have sheeple because you can keep people in control, you know, govern them with fear, let them know that they can't be any more than what they are, and, uh, and just, you know, uh, and then just you know, roll them into the industries and have them be good little sheeple people. And if there are people out there that rise above, which is happening now more and more and more, people are breaking free of that system um, and rising above. These are the innovators, the people that can see out of the box, the people that have the vision for the future and aspire to make it happen. And not necessarily the leaders, but the inspirers of what are our possibilities. And we've got to stop allowing ourselves to be dumbed down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to go with the, 
you know, the go with the status quo. It's like um, I was so happy to learn that Oregon and California and Washington, three states on the West Coast, have told the federal government to shove their <laughs> program of No Child Left Behind, and now they have a new name for it, which I refuse to remember. Um, <laughs> I refuse to give it any energy. Um, but they have these three states, and there's other states around the, the, the nation, where they have just said, we aren't doing that. We're, we, you can keep your federal money. We'll, st- we'll use our, you know, the state money to fund our schools. And I'm so, you know, that's, that's fabulous. Yes. That, to me, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, <clears throat> you know, kids, um, school was not a happy experience for me at all. Um, I left it when, as soon as I was 16. Because it's really, it's not teaching me anyway. Um, you know, just classified me as a rebel. And, uh, you know, and, but I was always a philosopher, you know, always intrigued as how and why and uh, what, what else, you know. And so I wasn't academic, but was certainly intellectual enough to ask the questions. And once you received an answer to, to know what, it could, what you could do with it, the inquisitive mind. You know, you can take people that are classified as, um, as dumb. Because, you know, when, when you do the books on them, then they're below grade. And you give them something to do that's in their talent, in their artistry, and they are geniuses. And they haven't been taught how to do it. It's just come to them so beautifully, naturally, that that's their gift. And they are the smartest people in that arena. Absolutely. I can, um, when I was in, I, I chose a very good field for me when I majored in speech pathology and when um, because it was taught experientially and when I could experience a piece of information I mean brain just is so happy and it just you know Mm -hmm. it, it goes right in and the most amazing thing happened when I when I was a senior um speech pathology the professors voted me outstanding senior clinician. I about fell over. I could not believe this. I had never received anything like that from any school experience. And that's an example of what, because I was using my talent in that particular venue. And, and And I was the top of the class. You know, it was more than that, more using your talent. Because you were so inspired, you know, I talk about divaism and a child being born a diva and we're all capable of being divas, but the school system and everything beats it out of us. The ability to dream, to be inspired by that dream, to see the vision and to aspire to make that vision happen. When you're in that talent, you are living your diva. And in that, you're going to inspire other people to see or embrace what it is you're doing. And you're going to give them a vision of their own that they're going to aspire to. Because teaching is inspiring. That is um, the bottom line. I mean, teachers have forgotten what their roles Mm -hmm. are, in my opinion, because um, they think their job is to spoon-feed information to the students so that they can memorize it and they have lost they hate doing that 
<laughs> and what they have lost is that they're trying to get the student excited about the subject that they're talking about. That's their only job. Yeah. It's not the other. And to open, uh, and to be willing to learn from the student just as much as they Absolutely. are teaching. Those are the best oh, teachers. Know. You know that when they open up that child's mind and that mind goes above and beyond and the teacher gets excited because now they're learning something, you know, different point of view, different perspective, what that youth brings to that table. Those are the teachers I really think that kids always remember. And this was the teacher that did this for me because they opened up my possibilities. Yes. And they're in, in, in the moment, in, in the classroom, they make the classroom organic so that it can, it's almost like it's alive. When you're in one of those those classrooms, um, it feels like it could go anywhere. And it is so exciting. There are no controls on it, and it just goes. And, um, boy, it's exciting. And I know you've experienced that yourself. It's just, oh, it's amazing. It's just an amazing experience. And teachers can have that every day of their life if they just would change how they're doing what they're doing a little bit. Yes. You know, I was one of those kids that kind of got lost in the classroom. But I had a couple of teachers, and especially, you know, at boarding school where, you know, you're not going very far, where I would have conversations with my teachers outside of the class, in the breaks, during the lunch hour. And, you know, I'm 10, I'm 11, I'm 9. And, but they would allow, you know, they allowed me to, to speak they heard me they got into a conversation with me later on when I got into to high school I actually ended up counseling this because I just was always a natural born counselor and you know helping them through marriage problems and, and things like that and you know completely unable to learn what they're teaching but they realized that what's the point you know she's never going to use this um you know let's have this conversation because what they were doing was allowing me to um, take the journey in Mm -hmm. my own um, undiscovered wisdom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while I was helping them, I was opening up to what my possibilities were. Mm -hmm. Instead of shutting me down, Mm -hmm. saying, no, you won't. I'm the teacher. You will do as I tell you, Mm -hmm. which so many of them do. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's like the... Lord over... Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's all backwards. It's all backwards. Yeah. But I, you know, the thing that, that, that I want to say that excites me, that what we're talking about here doesn't require throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. require a lot to make the change. And the first thing that has to happen, the very first step is, all of a sudden, a teacher, administrator, a parent, a student, all of them coming together and saying, okay, learning is more important than memorizing. That's mm-hmm. the first step. And to begin to start to honor what learning really is. And I think most people don't even understand the difference between the two. You know, when, when somebody does a test... And they rate that test. Oh, that child is this intelligent because they got 90 percentile. That only means that their memory skills were really good. How about on, well, the, on the test, instead, 
that what that child learnt from that particular subject, how they see it being used, or um, you know what the possibilities are from it, and then see how far you know how they can use the tool of that information. Well, what's how about read them up? Yeah, what what's really interesting about what you're saying is that in nursing in the United States, they have consistently created multiple choice tests, which are easier to give than essay tests. Um, that require uh, exactly what you're talking about. That the the student has to be able to apply the information. They don't ask for the specific information. They mm-hmm. ask for how um, would you apply this information, and here are the choices. So that they have to think when they're taking the test. And if they haven't learned it, they can't think. If they've memorized it, they can't do it. There's right. no way they can be successful. Because you're asking them to be individual. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, when, when you're looking at smarts, it's that in, in individual embracement of your own, you know, divine intellect. You know, it's, it's not just a, being a recital. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know... The, <laughs> which to so many are. Um, I, my kids had a couple of wonderful teachers, and, and one of them would sometimes dressed up as Einstein, come to school, dressed mm-hmm. up as him, and, and then they would talk about relativity, and, and they would make it exciting. He had a, a bathtub in his uh, classroom, and he also had a tree house. And then if kids completed their work, uh, you know, you can go up and read in the bathtub or read up in the tree loft. And he had, you know, kind of rewards for it. And so people, they were anxious to learn and they were anxious to discuss what they learned because he had round round circles where they would talk about things and you know my son learned more in the two years that he was in his class than any other class mm-hmm. because of that yep. mm-hmm. he made it exciting he inspired them yes he inspired yes them. he opened up to but he also another thing which i think happened and doesn't happen so often he respected their opinion yes he, he allowed them and gave them permission to speak something back from their understanding. From there, he actually got a gauge of how they were comprehending mm-hmm. the lesson. And I think that that's, the, that's a piece that we have that's missing, is yeah. that we, the teacher claims all the power. Yeah. What I think teaching is about is empowering students. That's their job. They should be already whole. And they come into the classroom, and what they do is they pass that wholeness onto the student. But what I feel is happening is the teacher is needy and needs yes. to um, I don't, needs something from the classroom, and therefore can't empower the students, but disempowers the students to fill their own bucket. And I think that's what's uh, going a, yeah. on. That is a great deal. I, I do. Um personality assessments and there are you know four key personalities um, that we all have and some are more prevalent than others and of course you know the ideal is to have as good a balance as possible but there's always going to be one key personality that you know dictates and in the educational system you see um, two of them uh, really relevant and in the um, elementary you're going to see all um, the really the empathic um, you know, empathy, connection type teacher, the teacher that loves to see their kid grow. 
you know, when that kid reaches uh, accolades in their lives, they're just so honoured to have had them in their classroom. And they learn from their kids and they're interactive with it and they're nurturers. And, you know, when you get into high school, you're more inclined to go with the other teachers that can be dictatorial. And it is, I am the teacher, my word is God, and you will learn the way I tell you to learn. And there isn't an opinion. And, you know, it's, in my books, it's wrong. And, you know, that kind of hierarchy, patriarchy type uh, lording over people needs to change. You want a child to learn from you, then they need to be inspired by you, and they need to have respect for you. They're not going to learn if they're afraid of you. And and it's interesting. Um, what is learning? Because uh, I think that most people don't even know what real learning is. Mm-hmm. But what research has shown is that when a person learns something, there's actually a chemical reaction that happens in the brain. The brain changes. And when you learn something... You can apply it. You can use it. It associates with other things that you already know. But when you memorize something, all you can do is repeat back what you have memorized. There is no thinking involved. No. That's the difference, and that's exactly what um, it's like... um, in, in schools today, and what I think No Child Left Behind has even magnified is that the only thing people are interested in is whether or not the student can pass the test yeah. so that they can get the money. Sad, isn't it? It is. You know, I mean, you know, you take a child who's autistic, and you know, maybe they're a concert pianist, or maybe they're a, a painter. Or maybe there's something else that they can do. And they are brilliant in it. And they've never been taught. You know, they're just completely and utterly in tuned with it. And perfection comes out of it. It's just their wiring is geared to that. That doesn't make them unintelligent. It no. just makes them uncommunicative with people. They have it that they're communicating through their talent. And and what I have, you know, what what the piece that I that that is important to me is that it's not like this talent is over here hanging out on a limb that really has nothing to do with life mm-hmm. and being uh, productive in life. What I'm, what I, my program tries to integrate is that you can take this talent, this musical talent that's hanging over here out in the trees. And you can use that talent to help expand and train the communication process. It's it's like um, it's like the talent is an indication of what is possible. Yeah. And scratching at the surface because it's not uh, you know a math skill that could be applied to life. People just sort of discount it like it's not really a talent. It's not really an intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, that is such a shame because if I, what we really truly understand that as we get older and I think what the world is beginning to understand is the world of art or of music or of writing or of dance, um, 
you know, of of nature. All of this is actually a tool in order for us to live life. It is an expression of what's on our minds and in our hearts. It helps us dialogue with each other. It helps us connect to each other and to the world and to nature and respect with one another. It is a language and it is an education all on its own. And if we stop looking at it as something frivolous or fanciful, because you know, they've taken art out of schools and they've taken theatre out of schools, they've even taken sports out of schools, you know, these were all a form of learning and communication, ability and adaptability to life. It's, it's like, it's like if we do this, we are going to throw ourselves so out of balance. There is a reason why why we are all different. Yeah. Embrace it. Is it celebrated? No, it's so important. It is like I think that what's wrong with the U.S. Congress is that we are. It is out of balance. The people that are in Congress are too much alike. There needs to be some kind of diversity. So that, so that it, there isn't this uh, right and wrong set up. There's more grays introduced, which, you know, and, and I think it's just completely out of balance. And I think our world is out of yeah. balance because we don't honor differences in school. Right. Or in or life. Or in life. But in life. Particularly in school because this kid... Feel stupid all the way through school, yeah. and how's he going to feel when he gets out of school? We just continued on being dumb. Exactly. <laughs> I was blonde, and I played up the dumb blonde very well. <laughs> oh <laughs> I used it God. to my advantage. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, going back to the Congress, you know, one of the biggest things there, and I think this is something I'm sure that you see: ego. You know, um, ego for me comes from insecurity. When people are so wrapped up in their ego, it's because they do not trust themselves or their, you know, their own intellect, their own um, diva person. And they're so insecure in that, that they latch on to something of a self-importance and they're ego-driven. And it, it all comes down to, I'm so scared that I'm, I'm not as bright as I thought I was. Um, or that I may look stupid, so I have to ride in this ignorance and this arrogance to prove I'm I'm smart. And you know, I'm going to say something that is probably heresy to uh, <gasps> <those> people. <laughs> I think the most important thing you can do is to love yourself. Amen. And and I know that when I was a kid, it was frowned upon. Oh, yes. And Who do is, you think you are? It is a powerful tool that you, yes. can do that you can do to center yourself and get yourself back uh, to who you truly are. And that is to love yourself. But, you know, it, it's the gift that we give ourselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, the reason why, you know, you say it with, you know, heresy is because... It is only now that we're being given permission to place importance upon ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about self-importance, which is the ego and the insecurity, but the importance upon ourselves to embrace our gifts, to embrace 
who who we are, what we're here for, and to love ourselves so that others may love us in that light. It's now become something extremely important for you to learn to value and love yourself because they're realizing that's part of the equation that serves the yeah. planet. And, it's the right? only way, look, when you, when you love yourself and you make a mistake and somebody corrects you, if you continue to love yourself through that process, you can hear what's saying, you can accept the correction, you can correct the problem and go on. The defensive yeah. nut goes away. Because you love yeah. yourself. You know you're okay even though you screwed up. I mean, we're human. We are going to screw up. Mm-hmm. But That's also to understand that somebody else's critique of you is just perhaps that they're not in a space to understand or embrace you. We're not meant to be loved by everybody. We're not meant to be, you know, in, in partnership or cohesive with everybody. You know, there's always going to be some people that you're going to piss off for being who you are. So where there is improvement to be made, make it, but never compromise who you are to fit into somebody else's ideals. Exactly. And you don't have to do that if you love yourself. Yeah. If you are connected to who you truly are, that's not even a factor. I mean, it's like you, because you don't need their love. You already feel love within yourself. Yes. You're not looking outside yourself for the love. The love is already there. And that people will actually love you in your light. Because, you know, that's the value you place on yourself is the value you're taken for. And if you live in love um, of self and who you are, what you stand for, what you do in the world, then people know how to treat you because you've already set that tone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, there I think we go back to instead of the teacher teaching um, the limitations of what they know, but instead teaching an inspiration to ignite knowledge in others so they may learn. Yeah. I mean, it, what it does, I think, when you inspire, it opens up uh, the greater part of, of intelligence. Um, you know, there's some people that believe that the brain is, is not where really knowledge is. It's outside the, it's outside the body. <laughs> I know it's weird. Yes. But I read a story... Recently, um, they were looking at uh, uh, people with disorders in their brain, and so they would MRI the brain, and they found a guy that was functioning normally in life, and he had no brain. There was no brain inside his head. Interesting. So, and that was why they were talking about how uh, the brain or the, yeah, that whole thing is outside the body. It's not even in the body. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, we, so weird. We say that the, the mind, uh, you know, I talk about soul intellect and, you know, a, a knowingness. And, um, you know, we've all had that knowingness. It's just something that we need to know at the time. We need to know it. And we don't need to validate it or verify it or justify it. We simply know. And that no, knowledge comes from your soul divine intellect. It's the way the universe speaks to you, mm-hmm. that gut instinct. It resonates with your heart. And your heart has an understanding of it. It's given to your spirit, so your spirit knows what to do with it. And your mind opens up to the possibilities of where it can take it. But the mind and the soul are very, very in- intertwined. Our minds are incredible. They're ba- limitless. 
our minds can just accept and grow and and see and believe if only we open them and the the brain is as you said the data is the cpu it's the mechanics of what makes work we've got to stop putting so much emphasis on the brain as being the only thing that runs us it's what uh, enables the mind to actually do what those possibilities are and and when a person is using the brain the mechanics the way that it was designed like it's got an apple or a or a pc they run differently the mechanics are different yes okay yeah but and when you're using it correctly that's when all the magic happens because it, and and with brains it's it's when you start thinking outside the box yeah what box and we're not doing that enough <laughs> no. no there's a box i didn't notice <gasps> you know that's where einstein was wonderful what a beautiful man he he really he lived his life outside the box and and he saw things that most people didn't see and the reason was that he lived outside the box. Well, I mean, look at all those greats, you know, Einstein, Nikhil Tesla, uh, even Leonardo yeah. da Vinci. I mean, all yeah. of these people, they, they were boundless. They were limitless. You know, they're, you know they're, they're just, for them, there were no boundaries. All there was was information that then led to more questions, which led to more information and more possibilities. Um, but the beautiful thing is they were gifted you know, they were given this information, but they were gifted the brain to understand what to do with it. Right. And they had, um, there was a curiosity yeah. that gets squelched with our educational system. You yes. Know, that, that I, think they, I think they had an innate curiosity. I think that curiosity is what drove them. Um, and, and imagine where we, we would be in the world without that. Why are we stifling a child's curiosity? Why are we saying, because I've told you so? Let them ask why. If you don't know the answer, say, let's, let's find those answers place together. To How exciting is yes. that? Yes. And, and, exactly. and cultivate that. I have a friend who, um, I don't know if you've heard of Moose Munch, but he, create, he, is, fam- he is family created Moose Munch. It's a it's a really fun kind of uh, popcorn with chocolate on it. A lot of people will know what Moose Munch is. Anyway, his family cultivated curiosity. They they said that was the most important thing that they wanted their children to have. Yes. And I'll tell you, being with this guy, it is so much fun. I mean, he is so curious. One time we were camping, he went over and started picking the reeds on the side of the river, and he began weaving baskets. He didn't even know how to do it, but he decided mm-hmm. to just do this. And it was fabulous. And we all started doing it. But it came out of his curiosity. I yeah. wonder what I could do with this. And, you know, the, the thing is, I, I told you can't. How many times... From a child, from the second it's born, all the way through its life, do we tell them, no, you can't do that, no, you can't do that? 
We tell them all the time. Who do you think you are? No, you can't do that. You're not smart enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. Yeah. You know, what if we went the other way and said, well, let's find out if you can, you know, uh, and or if you want to do that, you know, that you have to put some things in place to protect yourself. But let's see if that's Uh, possible. What a different attitude. Let's look into it. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yes. Let's see if you can do that. For all those people in this innovation today that we take for granted, mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, somebody was behind them saying, go for it. See what, what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look oh, at the life of Steve Jobs, Jobs, I mean, that's how he lived his life. And, uh, you know, Gates. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this is the thing is they did not, the other gift they were given, they, they weren't just kind of smart. They knew who to put around them. They knew they yeah. weren't the smartest in the computer, so they brought those people on. They were business people. Right. They knew they knew how to conduct that business, how to sell this dream. They didn't even have <laughs> it made. They didn't even have it made before they sold their program. Uh, but, you know, they were consummate salespeople who could sell a dream of a possibility. And then they rushed back to to gather the team together to make it happen because they sold the dream. They sold the dream. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, no. Because that's what's inspiring. That's what we buy. Yes. We buy the dream. We do not buy the product. We buy the dream. Exactly. Exactly. What are its possibilities? What can it do for me? And, you know, how is this going to enhance my life? I mean, look, you know, look at, again, back to computers. These shows are run on computers. If you'd told me 20 years ago I was going to be running online radio station, I'd laugh. I couldn't even switch a computer on at that time. <laughs> and you know, here I am. And so it's only because, uh, okay, let's, uh, let's take the path and see how much I can learn and see what I yeah. can do. So let's can we uh, can we talk about specifics now? Can we? Um, Please do. Yes, let's talk about yeah, your program talk, now I, and what you do for people to ignite that. I'd like to, I'd like to help people begin to understand themselves a little bit, and and then if they want to go further, they can go to my website and um, and see the book and the online training that I have. But let's you know let's start with this because I think it's really important that people understand these things about themselves so the yes the, very the much first, in in my program the first thing we look at is uh, uh there's seven different attributes that dr howard gardner came up with he has eight or nine now but i only use the seven and i'm going to go through them and you can sort of begin to get a gist of where you land with these different brain talents And the first brain talent is linguistic. And linguistic people really love words, their words. And one behavior that they exhibit is that they correct people uh, (laughs) when they use wrong words. Yes. And and that's a a really good sign that you're linguistic. The second type is a, a logical person. And logical people really like to have information laid out for them. First this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And they have this little thing inside of them that says there's only one right way to do something. 
and um, and it's uh, and if you're logical, you have that piece, in you, so you'll know who you are. And the third thing, third person is spatial, and spatial people are like color, and they're artistic in some way. They they have um, directions. And the thing that they really gravitate to is simplicity. And uh, it can take uh, information and simplify it down to its essence. They can learn it. And, and so that's the key with spatial. Musical people, the next one is musical. Musical people aren't necessarily the ones that play an instrument. Mm-hmm. They might be somebody who sings. They might be someone that loves music and is really connected to the rhythm. The rhythm of the music really touches them. So it's much bigger piece. It's not just someone who uh, uh, plays an instrument. It's a, it's a much bigger uh, piece of pie to look at. The next uh, town is body kinesthetic and body kinesthetic people are people that uh, gravitate to sports they like sports and the other piece is it's very difficult for them to sit still for very long periods of time and uh, school when you have to sit at a desk drives them crazy I remember I'm body kinesthetic I remember having to sit at a desk at home when I studied and I just couldn't do it Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do it Yep. <laughs> now the last two attributes are talented in knowing self, talented in knowing others, and these two these two people are experiential learners. Mm. I'll explain what that is. It's like if these people had to change the spark plugs in the car, they wouldn't want to read the manual. They wanted they would want to go out to the car and play around with the spark plug and figure out how to do it just doing, not reading about it. Mm-hmm. And people that are talented in knowing self, when they were kids, they, uh, they knew exactly what they wanted to wear, they knew what they wanted to eat, they knew where they wanted to go, even if they weren't allowed to motor that out. And, um, and that still holds true. And when they they can enact that experience for themselves by teaching what they're trying to learn to somebody else. And, and then the people that are talented in others um, are, the, are the people um, that when they were kids, they could tell when somebody was lying to them. They could tell when somebody wasn't safe. Um, they were the ones that were the mediators. Um, when people were fighting and, you know, kind of like the psychologist almost. And, um, and them, uh, it's like I'm, I'm talented that way. I'm talented in both of them. But for me, when I was in speech pathology, when I was learning things with, through the book, I was applying it in my mind to clients that I was working with in the clinic. So I had an experience of the information. Um, and there's a lot more to it than that, but that's a good example of it. Another thing that's important to know about yourself, 
has to do with the way that you process language. And when you're trying to learn something, that's what you're doing. You're processing language. You're reading, you're listening to a lecture, something like that. When you do those two things, you're processing language. And what I discovered is that uh, people have a preference. Some people like to hear it, some people like to read it, and some people like to hear it and read it. And I've had numerous people who uh, got 10% when they read it, 10% when they heard it, and when they read it and heard it together, it was like 90%. And that's not a disability. It's all genetic. You get it from folks. But it's a real important thing to know about yourself. So those are the, that's kind of the, the whole piece. Can you be more than one thing? Oh, yes, you are. Absolutely. So, so you know, what kind of stuck with me was the spatial and yeah. the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a person that really is, uh, I have, let's say, basic tools of knowledge. But for me, it all comes from uh, what I call my divine intellect um, of knowingness. And, you know, people say, how do you know that? I don't know how I know it. I just know it at the time I need to know it. Well, I see, I think there's, a, there's another uh, talent which Gardner has talked about, but I haven't integrated into it, and it's the spiritual piece. And mm. that's what you're talking about. Yeah. You're spiritually talented, so am I. And that's what you're talking about, is getting that, having that, tapping into that, the bigger mind. Um, but I'm bringing you back to being a human, Yes, and, difficulty um, for me. You know, back to the ground, and so, okay, so you're spatial. So the reason, one of the reasons you probably had trouble in school is that people who are spatial and aren't something linguistic or logical, which I'm not, it's really tough to uh, function well in school. It, it, oh. It's just hard. Near impossible. It's, it's like contrary. I had a student. I was teaching a college success class, and a student came in, and she was flunking everything. And she told me she was an artist, and so I I taught her how to take her spatial talent and take notes in class. And she her notes are in my book and online training. Um, um they're amazing. She would draw. She, would take no- she was taking notes from the class, but she was drawing these phenomenal pictures around the notes as the notes were coming in. And within two weeks, just knowing that one piece, that one skill where she took the spatial and applied it to her note-taking, she went from a failing student to an A student. It just totally changed her world. So do you have to be an artist to be a spatial person? No, not at all. That's just how she moved right. out. So um, you can be a different type of artist, not necessarily can, one that yeah, draws. You can be a verbal artist, yeah. Yeah, physical dance, whatever. don't look like anybody, like people who are really artistic. But I have an artistic band, um, and I really like maps, and I like directions. And so that kind of stuff comes in. And I like color. So I use colored pens. Yes. And, yeah. And, no, it all it 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 manifests or motors out based on how you your uh, personal makeup. 
know, we're right. not all the same. We're all different. Yes, because I'm a, I'm a huge uh, visualer. Um, um, my key thing is I, yeah. I see things. And I'm a processor, but my processing is way off balance because my vision is constant and is dominant. Um, and so I'm having to constantly bring up my process so I can process what it is I'm visualizing. So I need to get it down. I have to put exactly. it down on paper. And sometimes it's not just being down on paper. Then I have to articulate what is down there to really kind of set so in my probably, mind. So probably what you're telling me is your combination. Because when you, um, probably if you read it aloud, that would help you tremendously. Because I think you're probably an audit, your combination, auditory, visual. And, um and what you're doing when you get it down, you want to simplify it because you're spatial. And I'll tell you, um, in my book, an online training, I have an example of a um, paragraph that I took out of a textbook. And when my spatial mind reads that paragraph, it, short, it actually short circuits. It stops processing the information. And I go, I don't have a clue about what I just read. And I've heard people say that a lot. But when you go back and you take that paragraph and you simplify it, you pull out the important words and you make a map and color it, you go, oh, that's what they're talking about. That's me. Yeah. Uh, It's like I can get up and uh, and do a speech or or do a talk and I go into the zone. Uh, In order to keep me on track, what I have to do is put out some key points. And as you say, in different colors, so it draws my eye back to it so that I can go back to keeping myself because I tap into the energy of the room and I go with that flow. And yeah. I can, uh, it's like what I do on my, my own radio shows. Um, very often I have no idea what topic I'm going to do until the microphone is on. And then I just go, or I take one simple thing and, that's, and just go with it. And that's a gift. And you also, but but if you can bring um, the spatial part that brings you we're humans yeah you can't deny the fact that we're humans when we deny the fact that we're humans we we cut off part of what's important and so it's important to blend the going with the energy with with the spatial knowing exactly what you want to cover you know bringing that in right that piece yeah it's like when I used to read for the kids. I couldn't read from the book without yawning. But what I could do is I could tell them a story about the events that had happened that day and make them you know, part of that adventure and completely tell them a story with that. But you get me to read a book and I won't be ha- able to help it. I will be yawning. <laughs> That's great. I don't know what happens, but I start yawning. So, <laughs> Not when I read a book myself, but if I had to read it out right. loud. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. That's really interesting. Be interesting to see, see what you are. But I think you might be combination. Oh, I have to be. <laughs> I don't think there's any that's for me. the piece that we get beaten out of us. Don't yes. read aloud. Don't read aloud. Don't read aloud. I mean, I heard that a hundred times, and yet that's how I get it. Mm-hmm. If I read aloud or, or read subvocalize, that's how I really get it. And that's what we have to recognize in people, isn't it? How do they learn? Once you know how they learn, what part of the brain they're processing, now you can open up their mind. Now you can open up their possibilities because it's not intimidating anymore. If if you 
can help that person discover that information for himself. Yeah. If you can empower that person enough that he can be responsible and say, oh, this is what I need to do to learn this and lift that student up. Yes. You know, I mean, if everybody learned the same way, why would we need human beings? We could just have droids. I mean, you know, good. Exactly. And stop making human being droids because, you know, the one of the gifts coming from such a spiritual world and being such a spiritual, which I have been always in my existence and always found it very hard to be earthling. You know, that's my, my story. Um, one of the gifts of the human body is the beautiful ability to touch, to feel, to be able to move, to be able to embrace. And there's experiences that you can't do just spiritually. But when you have that spiritual human experience and bringing it together in partnership, oh my God, do you really understand the gift of the human body in this world? Exactly. And it's like outside the box. Yeah. It's not in the box. The universe isn't boxed in. This world is round. You know, the box came from this human containment. The need to contain humans in order to rule them. <laughs> right? And control. Yes. And fear it's and great for that. the for the warehouse. You have to pile boxes up on top of each other for shipping. But we're not designed to be a box. Right. And it's um, yeah. And it's, it's really important that when you find out your talents, that you honor those and you yeah. use them. Whoops, I've lost you again. Come back. I discovered. When I, oh, when I've, oh, sorry, I just lost you again there. Really? You, you phased out for a moment. Yes. Um, some, oh, well. spatial, some spatial interference there. So. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was teaching um, this college success class and I, you know, I had read Howard Gardner's work, and I was on fire, and I was really excited about this stuff. And um, I thought, okay, all I have to do is teach all these different ways and hit all the all of their talents, and they'll learn the material. So at the beginning of this class, we had five things that the kids had to do in order to pass the class. So on the first day, we went through all five things, and we did. All- all kinds of things. I we had them walk around the room. I had them write on the chalkboard. I had them sing. I had, I mean, you can believe it. I had in <laughs> class. So um, we gave them the test, and and when I got the test back, I was just astounded to find out that only one person got all of the five things right. And what it taught me is that that's not the way. That when yeah. It keeps the the learner in a passive mode, and you can't learn if you're passive. You have to be engaged, and the only way to engage is to have a student know what they need to do to learn and to have an expectation that you need to learn this. And if those two things aren't present, that won't happen. It won't happen in the classroom. Mm -hmm very rarely. Do you actually find, um, are there any more people, like are there more linguistic people or more spatial or more talented people? Is there a ratio that's more? I don't think so. I think that uh, 
I, I, I would bet money because I, I'm just looking at the workshops that I've done over the years. I've done a bunch of them, led a bunch of them. And it always seems like like it's third, a third, a third. Mm. Logical, linguistic, facial. It just kind of plays out that way. And so I think it, you know, I, I don't think there is. Um, I think that it feels like more people are linguistic or logical. And I think the reason it feels that way is because we focus so much on it. Mm. Yes. You know, it's just, it's the only thing that we honor as being worthy or worth while now you know you're saying logical people is they see it their way and there is you know that's the way it is and there really isn't any bending or you know it's logical to them so therefore why would they investigate it any further or entertain any further um is there a way for a logical person to be more open and receptive to a different point of view or are they really stuck in it i think so they just have to be aware that that's how their brain functions functions and that it's not the truth mm-hmm. that they 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 truly they truly do believe that this is the right way but if they know that is their idiosyncrasy they can relax and say but you know I'm willing to do it over here this way and that comes down to a lot to do with that self love and uh, in you know insecurity or security within themselves to say I am not the only answer in my life and there are other answers out there and I'm willing to learn exactly I mean every time I let 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 a workshop for a while um, I would let the, the I would let the spatial the logical and the linguistic people do an activities together and every time the logical people ended up having a fight and I thought what is going on here and that's how how I discovered that that they really believe there's only one right way of doing it, and it's their way. So yeah. it was very good for them to see how crazy it was, because they were all logical, and they were fighting with one another to get their particular way across. And so it was right. excellent. It helped them to see, oh my gosh, this is nuts. Yep. Exactly. I mean, there isn't in a wrong way or a right way. There's just a different way. A different way. Exactly. And it's what resonates with you and, and what you can deliver. Um, I mean, you know, this is where we really run into, you know, the comp- I think there's a lot of logical people out there, especially they must be in government um, because they've got their way and they ain't going to budge. Uh, exactly. There must be the Congress. Uh, and then you've got the linguistic people. It's their, it's their words and their words can really dictate a great deal. Um, and the spatial, I suppose, isn't as, I'm not going to, uh, the word I want to say is forceful because, you know, logic and linguistic can be quite dominating. I'm quite firm in their answers. So spatial, I can imagine, because it's simple and more, I would say, fluid, you know, maybe not come across quite so strong. Yes, and, and I think that because we don't honor it, yeah. and people that are in there don't feel very confident. I mean, right. for me, um, I think the thing that gives me confidence, and it's not, I don't always have confidence because I'll bump up against, somebody who uh, has never had trouble in school, who's very linguistic logical, 
and they look at what I'm doing and look at my program and they think I'm from outer space. Yeah. Because they have never had that experience. And I used to take that personally. Yes. And now I realize, and I talk to them about that, I say, you know, you have not had the experience that many, many people have had that felt like school wasn't for them. And it helped open them up uh, a little bit. Yes, I had a very logical person on the show who had a program and I kept saying to him, you know, he kept saying, why wasn't I understanding it? And I said, because you're not delivering it to me anywhere near my language. You're only delivering it from your language and it's not one that I can hear. And, you know, you have to change your point of view, you have to change the language, you have to listen to other people so that you can adjust your language so they can understand it because it was done for him so utterly linguistically logical mm-hmm. and uh, and if I didn't get it then it must be me that's inferior mm-hmm. exactly right it's it's like um, you know it it has a tendency like when I bumped it when some when I used to bump it up against these people that couldn't relate to what I was talking about I you know there was a part of me that began to doubt myself mm-hmm and that's, you know, the reason I doubted myself is um, I stopped loving myself. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, I, in those moments, if this balance is going to, this imbalance is going to be create, corrected, the spatial people, the musical people, the, the, you know, the talented and knowing self people have got to stand up and be heard. And I'm here standing up, speaking, mm-hmm. because I want to be heard. And I hear you, sister. Okay. This is what this show's about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I recently had somebody uh, uh, say something to me, and it's, uh, and, you know, quite essentially, it was kind of an attack on my personality, everything that was wrong with me. And, you know, at first, of course, you do take it personally, right. right? You know, what have I done wrong? What have I done to offend? What have I done this? What have I done that? And then it comes down to this. Good old Popeye. I am who I am who I am. And to suit somebody else. The thing is that we have in this world is choice. If I'm not your cup of tea, if you can't communicate with me, if I'm not everything you want me to be in your life, then you have the choice to say goodbye and move on to somebody that is more your cup of tea. And I think that um, it's kind of like um, when we realize the piece of uh, information that says that brains are more different than fingerprints. Mm -hmm. If you really think about that, Brains are more different than fingerprints. It, it, what it does for me is it says, there is nobody like me. Yes. And so it changes the game in a way when you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, there's nobody like me. And I bring something very different to the table. And... And so it, I just, for me, it just changes everything when I think about that. Yes. And then you know, the love and the basement, your meaningful purpose, living your life in your own liberty and your own dignity, as long as you are being true to your authentic self, 
Um, you know, do not take offense if other people can't embrace you. Is yeah. that, you know, they're not ready to, or you're not speaking their language, they're not ready to hear you. And, you know, I wish you well and good day. Yeah, you can still love that person. Yes. You don't, you don't have to discount that person. There's not anything wrong with that person. No. It's it, like my, um, I have a cousin that's very linguistic and logical. And he cannot relate to what it is that I do. He doesn't get it. And he's a very successful businessman. But he does not get what I'm talking about because he never had one problem in right. school. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. We're not all the same. But if he, if he did embrace it, though, and think, okay, I didn't have this problem. But then maybe I might understand the people that around me in business, family, friends better if I understood this program so that I'm not painting everybody with the same brush that I'm marked with. Well, I think that will happen when more of us can stand up yes. and be counted so that he can realize that it's legitimate. Yes. He believes he's the only thing that's legitimate. Yep, I've got a family like that. <laughs> you know, and it's, so it's our job to step up mm-hmm. to the plate and bat. You know, we've got to do it. It's yeah. our time to step up and say, hey, wait a minute. I'm over here. I'm different, and there's nothing wrong with that. Open exactly. up, Open up your perspective to understand who I am. And, and, you know, in the fact, when it comes down to it, isn't that back to that word respect? You know, I may, mm-hmm. uh, I will not be, I know, but I'm friends with linguistic, logical people because we're just so far afield. You know, uh, I'm not damning them or anything else. It's just that our latch is so opposite that we, you know, we haven't rarely find uh, a tunnel there that we can speak through. And that's okay. We need, you know, logistic and logic people who will. They're out there doing their thing. I just know that instead of beating myself up, trying to be something that they can recognize, it's waste of time. Embrace who I am and, you know, and enjoy uh, who I am. And those that can see me will see me. Those that can hear me will hear me. Well, and, and the truth is, the more you can begin to love and appreciate yourself. And that's what's yes. been missing. Because when we haven't been able to line up at school, we end up believing that ourselves, that we're not good enough. Uh-huh. And, and when, when you discover that you're really very talented, that you're smarter than you think you are, when you begin to in, encode that into your system, you begin to love yourself. And as I love myself, I can accept my cousin's inability to understand what I'm doing. It doesn't bother me like it did, because what because his reaction is not personal. It it isn't against me, and it's not against him. It doesn't mean that he's bad either. No, it's just the way it is at the moment, yeah. and it just says to me. I've got to do more work. Yep. You know, I've got to speak more m- more clearly about what happened to me and the experience that and how it touched me. You have to shine bright 
and eventually that, that light will come into their eyes and it will open exactly. them up to see something. When they see more and more people shining bright, you know, it's it's like, you know, X-Men, they're all mutants, they're all the monsters, but we didn't know they were there, you know. Um, you know, the other thing is, is that where it came uh, into my mind just now is, can you imagine if this program and its logics, because it's quite logical when you actually accept people uh, for their different types of personalities and the way they learn. If this was right from the beginning of school, how we would have so much less bullying. Absolutely. It would, there wouldn't be any bullying, I don't think. Because you would have people embracing each other. I mean, a child more wants to make a friend with a child and, you know, be a part of a group, be a part of something than being ostracized. So, you know... You know, it was, yeah, it was really interesting. My brother was being bullied at school. And so my mom had this idea. She said, she put my brother in the car and, he, and she said, okay, now I want you to find those boys that are bullying you. So we found those guys walking down the road and she went up to them, and they thought that she was going to yell at them. And she said, you know what? You guys look really, like really nice people, and I would like to, you to come out to our house. And we had a swimming pool. And go swimming. And they did that, and they stopped bullying my brother. It was amazing. I, re- I remember what a smart that woman. so clearly. Yeah, that was very, very smart. And it's because it, 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 she right. didn't shame them. And that's what we normally do is we shame the bully. And what happens, it continues. And the thing is about a bully, nobody's born a bully. They become it through their own insecurities, through their own fear. Uh, I recently interviewed somebody who actually took the criminal road and, uh, you know, was 30 years a criminal of drugs and everything else. And it all stemmed from you know a lazy eye and being different you know learning gosh what this would have done for him when he was a child and being teased and bullied horribly and whenever it came to being picked for a team being picked last and making him feel that he was not worthy and then you know he took this other path um, because he felt well I'll show them right now is completely out of it in the school system, you know, educating people do not need this path. Um, it's so empty and lonely, and it all stemmed from bullying. Had I dealt with that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I do a lot of shows on bullying. But this, I can imagine, if it was brought into the school system right at the kindergarten level, where, you know, you help that child embrace their own um, communicational skills and their own learning abilities and to respect each other's differences, and to work, as we call fractalize, to work together. You know, I'm not a logical person. There's going to be times I need somebody with that really logical approach to something. Well, Find a way together. Well, there's this really neat study that was done. It was so cool. They took two groups of people, and in one group, they put students that learned all different ways. In the other group, they put like learners, like all logical people, all linguistic people. So they gave them an assignment of what they had to learn. And what happened is that the like learners at the beginning took off right away. They learned really quickly right away. And it took the, the, the learners that were all mixed up with different kinds of learners, 
It took them a while to kick in. But what happened is that the like learners, the homogeneous, homogeneous learners, they plateaued. Yes. And the ones that were different, they went way on. They learned way beyond the other groups. So it's really, I mean, we're different for a reason. Yes. Imagine only one flower in the garden. You know, I mean, the whole thing about this world, how many trees are there? They're all trees, they've all got branches, they're all different and they're all beautiful and they all serve a different purpose. We are like that. We are not meant to be the same. We're not meant to be all in little packs. Uh, I have this, the, the same, uh, I have a similar program where it teaches people to understand their own individuality, who, who they are, what the personality type is, but how to fractalize, how to align yourself with people who have elementary personalities. Different to you, but you've got the same dream. So you have the same purpose. And each one of you need to come together in your own unique skills to build that dream up into something that's going to be solid and strong. Right. And it can be so much better when there's different perspectives. Yes, most certainly. You're curating. You're seeing things from all those different sides. You know, it's not like, oh, you're building three walls and all of a sudden there's one wall there. Well, we forgot about that one. You know, you're addressing the whole thing. You're addressing the whole picture. And that just means coming together with people that are different to you and embracing what gifts they have and what they bring to the table. Uh And everybody being open and respectful to one another. Right. Because you're there to serve that dream. Mm. Absolutely. So it's all possible, isn't it? It's all possible. We've just got to open our minds up what is there. Um, I've certainly learned a great deal about myself today, you know, and... You know, I was one of those children that got labelled, you know, quite a number of labels. <laughs> and I'm sure all of them were favourable. <laughs> uh, but most certainly considered extremely difficult and unteachable. And it wasn't that I was noisy or a thing. And, you know, half the time they had a fire drill once and I was left in the classroom and they didn't note it. You know, and it's just that they couldn't teach me their their linear way. And so I, whatever interested me, I taught myself. And that just is at the and that just be your own intelligence, you know. You're you're very bright, and that's why you did that. And you weren't willing to be, you know, pushed down. It was beyond a, an unwillingness. It was just an incapability, you know. Just yeah. I just uh, I couldn't go down your path. It didn't make any sense to me. I had a teacher once who had an argument with me over something, and. Um, I had actually just gone through the experience literally the week before and she tried to contradict me and say it was wrong and she said I'll see you in the principal's office I went to the principal's office stated my case she stated her case and she turned around to the chair and said she's had this experience how can you undermine that why didn't you ask her to ex- you know to talk about it and share it because I'm the teacher and what is what I say is right and I will not have her humiliate me in front of the class that was wow. her experience so I actually didn't go back into her classroom ever again <laughs> because I had no respect for her. How could I learn from her? Wow, and that's th- tough. That's something you have to understand if you want to teach people, not just in the schools, in sports, in anything. You want someone to listen to you in business. Respect, value, and inspiration. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, for sure. Now you've got people's Absolutely. attention and they want 
to make this go. They want to make this dream go. Right? They'll do everything they can to make it work because out of their own self-pride to be a part of it. But if you're undermining, you're belittling, and you're telling people that everything they're doing is wrong because it's not your way, you're not going to get very productive. And it's, uh, you know, school should be a garden. It should be. And it should be a place where it should just be in this incredible garden where the purpose is to nurture and grow and inspire young people. And, it's not. and inspire them into an industry that's ready and willing and, and able for them. Not teach them something that now is so archaic that there aren't any jobs for them. Well, yeah. But if you inspire them and if you really teach them, when they go out, they are going to give to the world yeah. what they need to give to the world. Yeah. And right now, that's not happening. Well, we, we have more entrepreneurs now ever than history. And more of those are women. And, you know, it's that, okay, there, there isn't anything out there in the world for me that will hire me with who I am, what I can do. I'm going to do it myself. And we're seeing more and more right. of that now. That's so Yes, great. it is. It's really yeah. great. Absolutely wonderful. And, folks, you can, you know, embrace who you are. Find out who you are. You know, what is your personality quirk? How do you learn? How do you interact with people? It's just important to you to know how you do that as it is to uh, to understand how you're coming across to other people or to communicate with other people or indeed teach and inspire other people it's important that you do that but when you do do it embrace who you are in love in self in self value always be willing to learn but don't compromise your own integrity amen <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to that time of the show. Would you please tell people about your program, how they can join it, um, where they can come, your site, and how people can get hold of you, etc.? Okay. My website is youaresmarterthanyouthink.com. Everything is written out. The name of my book is You Are Smarter Than You Think. It can be purchased on Amazon or through my website. And I have an online training. If you really want to learn this program, you can do it in two hours with my online training. And you can order it, go through PayPal, and sign up for it instantly uh, through my website. And my contact information, everything is on there. And if you're an instructor or a teacher or administrator or a business person, I'd love to talk to you and see how we can bring this into your school or your business. I'm here. I wanna I wanna inspire the world. Exactly. We are being an inspiration. That's the whole thing. You'll be beacon. And you're showing people yeah. that there is there is an alternative here. Uh, and that's just embracing that and that stop walking up against the gale, folks. The wind is meant to push you forward. You know, not meant to be walking to the gale. When you have this information and it becomes so much more simple, you know, you, you take all those expectations off your shoulders. Well, I'm not meant to be that way, so I don't have to learn this way. I can learn the way that I truly learn, and it's not wrong as long as I'm learning. And you, you lighten up on yourself a great deal with this knowledge. So go and take it, discover it, start using it, and just your life work for you. Instead of it, you know, being a blockage in your life. Absolutely. 
And I just want to add one thing. There's two free downloads that you may want to um, take advantage of on my website. One is Walking the World, Not Knowing Your Brain Talents is Disastrous. That's one of mm-hmm. them. And the other one is Mistakes No Parent Wants to Make When You're Sending Your Child to College. And those are two papers, and they're both free and downloadable. Excellent. And... Uh you know, yes, parents, we want the best for children. We want them to have a good education so they have, a, you know, a good choices in life. We want them to go to college so they can get that degree because it's that little piece of paper is still so important in so many industries. But, you know, whether that person goes to college or not or, you know, sets out to do a, a journey in life of multiple uh, jobs, um, all they're doing is learning. It, this is the way they're learning learning that's their education and then one day they'll take all that information and put it into something that really does make them shine embrace who they are the way they learn help them with that please do not be their barrier absolutely well i thank you so much for being on the air with us this has been really exciting really juicy and we were very well behaved (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me it was really fun to talk about and uh, you stay with me for a moment. We're going to say goodbye to everybody. And uh, please, folks, share this. You know, it's instant listening. It's downloadable. It's shareable. And, you know, share it as a family. Share it with your friends. This information is golden. And share the nuggets because only in sharing it will you actually set people free. And open up your own mind to the other possibilities and also embrace those things that you've put upon yourself, those expectations that were imposed upon you. And Truly embrace who you are in all the glory and the beauty of who you are. Until next time, folks, be kind to yourself.